0: You know, I was doing the certification to become a nutritionist, which for most people means you become a nutritionist that like takes on individual clients and helps them, you know, eat better. But I was like, if we could build a digital product, that means that like way more people could afford a nutritionist.
1: Hey there, and welcome back to the show. If you're new here, welcome. I am your host, Rachel Todd, The girl who will be asking all of the questions, but more importantly, the person getting inspired by my guests who have accomplished a lot to get to where they are. You Might Be a Badass is a space where we sit back, kick off our shoes, and dig into the weeds of countless personal success stories. Don't let the might in the show's title fool you. Every person you will hear from is without a single doubt a badass. I speak with entrepreneurs, nine-to-fivers, stay-at-home moms, athletes, and basically everyone in between. My goal here is to discover the different depths in which we define what it means to be successful. Success means something different to every person, and ultimately, if you're pursuing your passions and living life to the fullest, you too just might be a badass. I had always found myself very intrigued by the world of nutrition. I took a course in college as an elective at 7 o'clock in the morning, mind you, just because I was constantly wanting to know more about the foods that went into my body. In that class, I learned that food labels are allowed to be 30% incorrect, according to the FDA. I'm not entirely sure if that number remains accurate after all these years, but Thinking back on that information, I was floored, and kind of even upset about what I was being told that I was eating. I knew I was so passionate about food and how it affects our bodies, which is probably in large part the reason why I felt like I could have talked to the guest of today's show for hours. Like, literally hours. It was difficult for me not to ask her 50 follow-up questions on why certain oils were better than others, or what exactly natural ingredients are, or even an in-depth analysis on how our bodies process all different types of sugars. Julia Putzies is a product manager by day, but she also happens to be a nutritional therapy practitioner and used her knowledge in both spaces to help build an app that helps consumers be placed back in the driver's seat of what they are eating. This app, called Trash Panda, helps decode labels and point-blank lets us know which ingredients may be harmful or not to our bodies and why. AKA a little nutritionist that lives in your pocket when you want to go to the grocery store. I don't want to oversimplify it or sell it short in any way, so we'll just let Julia take it from here. But first, if you want to see a live demo of the app and get a direct link to sign up for the beta version, head over to my health and fitness Instagram page at Toning Todd to check it out for yourself. I will also add the link directly to the show notes below for easy reference. Hello, hello, Julia. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank you for waking up. Well, I shouldn't say waking up right and early on my behalf. That really was somebody else's doing.
0: <laughs> but no, thank you for being here. Of course. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Um,
1: why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself for everybody who might be new to
0: who Julia is? <laughs> Probably most people. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, my name is Julia Putzies. Um, I'm a product manager. I work at a company called Sly Trunk, which is a small kind of engineering consulting company. Um, I live in San Diego, California, with my husband and my son, um, who's almost two years now, I guess, um, and our two dogs, and yeah, I've been working in product management um, basically since the beginning of my career. Um, and I love it. I love working in technology. Um, things are always changing and evolving. Um, and I've done a lot of different things. But um, now I'm kind of focused on a new product that has kind of come from an idea that I had that I brought to my company and we've kind of taken off with um, from there. So I'm really excited about that. And I think that's what we'll mostly be talking about today. But um, yeah that product's called trash panda so I'm excited to to talk more about it
1: yeah yeah it's been it's been really cool just playing with it in the last couple of weeks so we'll definitely get more into the intricacies of it um i I do kind of want to talk a little bit about your background and how you got into product management um, was it something that you had a hunch about early on. Did you study anything specific in school for it? How, how did you get there?
0: Yeah, so to answer your question if I had a hunch about it early on, if I studied anything in school, no, I had no idea um, <laughs> what it was when I was in college. I had I did not have kind of any idea about the about computer science or about that world. I didn't study that. Um, I kind of went to college to play field hockey. Um, that was really my focus going into college. And I had the opportunity through field hockey to go to Columbia University, which was amazing. Um, living in New York City, going to such an incredible school was was a huge opportunity for me. Um, and so I kind of decided that once I got there, um, I didn't know what I wanted to do but career-wise, but um, I loved to read and um, I love to write. And those were kind of my strengths. So in Columbia, it's kind of a liberal arts school anyway. Um, They don't necessarily have a business major or anything like that, which would have been the closest thing that I would have been interested in. Um, So I majored in English and I loved it. (laughs) And I figured (laughs) if I could read and write well, someone would hire me after college. (laughs) Um, So yeah, again, I just didn't really know what I wanted to do. And, but I knew that, you know, being in New York City, I had a lot of opportunities. Um, And so I just really made it my focus to figure that out. So I took internships starting the summer after my sophomore year. Um, And then I interned with the NFL the summer after my junior year, which was um, really exciting for me. I think, you know, the connection to sports was there. And so I was kind of going after that, I felt like my passion for sports could carry over to what I did in my job. Um, so I interned for the NFL, which kind of turned into me finding out about this rotational program that they offer for college graduates. So for people straight out of college, they hire um, kind of a, a small group and they put them in different places throughout the league for two years. Um, so basically, once I had the internship, I did my internship and in, um, and digital, basically, um, business development. And then, um, I had my foot in the door, right? So, um, they talked to me about this program. I was super interested in it because not only was it there, this place that I loved interning, but it was also an opportunity for me to try out different kinds of jobs. So you spend basically six months in four different departments over the course of two years. Um, So I started out in like broadcasting and then I moved to like the digital media kind of kids products for play 60. And then I really pushed to get moved out to the LA office. Um, So not many of the people that do the program are interested in this because they just moved to New York. But since I had been in New York for a while for school, um, I was really excited about the opportunity to move out to LA and to work out of the NFL offices there where they have all the digital and, um, you know, NFL Network stuff. So they <laughs> agreed basically after my pushing to to send me out to L.A. And that's how I got started in digital media. And I started working on the NFL.com website, first on the editorial side. Um, and then as I was kind of working on these digital products from an editorial perspective, I realized, like, I'm not really an expert on football. I'm not um, someone who's super passionate about that content. But I really was excited about the idea of being the person who created that digital experience. I had a lot of ideas about how I felt like we could make our digital products better. Um, And in particular, they were kind of having me run the content for this um, second screen experience digital app, where like every Thursday night during Thursday night football, we would create all this content and then we would like push it out to the app during the game. Um, and it would be like all content that was relevant to what was going on in the game. Like if a player scored a touchdown, we would send out content about that player um, and stats about that player, and it was kind of like you could use the app while you watch the game as this second screen experience for more information. And so I um, kind of asked if in my final rotation I could go to the digital media team and actually um, help manage that app from like a product perspective. So that's how I became a product manager, I guess, long story short. Um, I kind of made my way through different departments at the NFL, landed in product management, and loved it more than anything else I had done. Um, And essentially just stayed on. They hired me to be a product manager full-time after my final rotation ended. So I moved out to LA permanently and started working um, on mostly NFL mobile, the NFL mobile app. Um, and I had some experience working on their connected TV applications and things like that. Um, but I really just learned by doing, I learned on the job, Yeah. you know, I, I saw opportunities and I saw interest in them and I asked if I could work on them and, you know, I just kind of figured it out as I went and they gave me small projects to start out with, you know, that second screen app was, not something that the league was particularly invested in. It was kind of like, yeah, hey, we'll see how it goes. Like, you know, it, you can't really mess it up. It's not like a huge, um, you know, <laughs> money maker for the league or anything like that. So they're like, sure, Julia, go for it. <laughs> um, and then I kind of worked my way up to do more important things from there. But, um, yeah, it was just kind of figuring it out through experience and seeing what resonated and, um, and it, it really, um, it really seemed to fit me and what I like, and, um, and so I've been doing it ever since.
1: Yeah, what a cool program. I feel like that's a lot of people's biggest gripes about not necessarily internships, but kind of like if you think about college curriculum, right? It's so structured to kind of mm-hmm. just one path rather than letting people explore a little bit and discover like what it is that they are truly passionate about aside from, you know, studying a textbook, it's like you said, it's really getting your feet wet with it and, and exploring. So that's, that's really awesome that you, um, you were a part of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was perfect for me. I mean, I knew a lot of people in college who just knew they wanted to be a doctor. They knew they wanted to be in finance and that's great for those people, but I always felt a little bit lost. So I just felt like I needed to, to get internships to figure it out. And it, ultimately worked out so
1: yeah yeah that's so awesome um well i know so the trash panda app we know is kind of your baby a little bit um within your company before we get into specifics i want to talk about your path getting there right because it is a little bit of a pivot out of um the app isn't a pivot out of what you do. It's it's the background of what brought you to that passionate space about what the app entails. So mm-hmm. let's maybe talk a little bit about your um, nutrition journey and what led you to kind of the conception part of Trash Panda.
0: Yeah. I mean, like I said, I started kind of my job at the NFL working in sports. I learned a lot about digital. I learned about product management and Um, From there, I kind of left to work for two other startups, one that was kind of entertainment-focused and one that was sports-focused, which gave me more of a view into what it's like to be at a startup um, and what it's like to try to kind of bring a product from nothing to market and find your people for it and and those kinds of things, which obviously the NFL has no problem with. They have a huge brand and... (laughs) um plenty of fans already. So that was kind of adding to my experience. But and I always loved my jobs mostly because of the people. Um and once I came to Slide Trunk, that was that was certainly the biggest draw. Um I came to work for um, Corey Mummery, who's the CEO at Sly Trunk, and he was actually my mentor at the NFL. Um mm-hmm. and he left to go work at Slide Trunk, and Slide Trunk actually Um, does development work for the NFL still. We developed their fantasy product for them. Um, And I just, you know, had a ton of respect for Corey. And when he asked me to come work with him, I just dropped everything I was doing and went because um, I knew that he was the kind of person that I wanted to work for. And so I guess my point is that, you know, I worked on a lot of these different products, but it wasn't as much the products that resonated with me. It was the people that I got to work with. And so when I came to Sly Trunk, that was kind of like the pinnacle of that. And we have a small team. It's like, you know, just over 20 people, but everybody is really passionate about what we do and, um, you know, really um, smart and just, you know, takes care of their work. And we all really kind of work together in a way that, you know, we really feel like we're on the same team. And no matter what products we're working on, because we actually get to work on a number of different products um, we all kind of get behind them and get excited about it. And so we, I've worked on a number of different projects at SlideTrunk um, for different companies from startups to NFL projects to things like that. Um, but Slide Trunk kind of presented the opportunity to um, create our own product, which they've done in the past. Um, I think it's kind of an opportunity to diversify. You know, we we'll always have our client work um, but it's nice to have something that we own and create, and we're all just passionate, you know, creators. So we, you know, we see the opportunity to put something out there and we feel like our team, you know, if anybody can make something succeed, um, we have a lot of confidence in our team, um, from a technology perspective and, and everything like that. And so kind of along this way, I had become interested in nutrition, um, from a, from a personal level, um, when I moved to San Diego, I um, met a friend who um, – her name is Morgan, and she is um, president and co-founder of Primal Kitchen, um, which is a, a food
1: company – Stop. Yeah. <laughs> i obsessed with that brand. Okay. We'll yeah. circle back on that.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I met Morgan through actually a guy that I worked with at the NFL um, named Adam. He was a good friend of mine there and he um, got engaged to Morgan and they both moved to San Diego the same time my husband and I moved to San Diego. And so we became good friends with them. Mm-hmm. And Morgan kind of opened my eyes a little bit. I thought I had always been a healthy eater yeah. And um I realized that I didn't know a lot um a lot about like ingredients in food. You know, I'd always been an athlete so I kind of had the mindset like I can eat whatever I want. I'm burning so many calories. I'm so active like so, I was yeah. eating, you know, bacon egg and cheese bagels before every game in New York and um you know that probably wasn't like the best in terms of nutrition to fuel a body, but um I kind of realized through her and all her knowledge in the space, you know, she she would come over and we would cook together and she'd be pulling vegetable oil out of my cabinet to be like, Julia, what what are you doing? You have to throw this out. <laughs> um and so that was kind of my light bulb moment that I was like, oh, wait a second. Like, if I don't know these things, there's a lot of people that don't know these things. Cause I feel like I I'm pretty aware of health and nutrition, like yeah. having been an athlete, you know, I grew up in a very healthy home. My my parents were always like cooking homemade meals and we didn't eat a lot of processed food. And I felt like, you know, I knew what it meant to eat healthy. And, and in that moment, I kind of realized that I didn't. And so that really bothered me, honestly. It really like set something off in me. And I was like, well, I'm going to figure this out. And so it kind of led me to getting certified as a nutritionist. I just kind of, that was the path that I took because I felt like that was the only way that I could really educate myself. And I was so interested in it. I was like ready to go all in. So I ended up um, kind of finding out what um, programs I could do and doing a lot of research and and got my certification in nutritional therapy. <clears throat> Um, as a nutritional therapy practitioner. And it was like a year long online program um, that I was just doing on the side while I worked at Sly Trunk. Um, And so I was not sure what I was going to do with that. I just knew that I wanted the certification because I wanted to be able to do something, you know, and this is where I kind of finally realized this is what I really care about. This is what I feel like is really important. Um, and all the products that I've worked on have been really fun and they've been really exciting. They've been really entertaining and, um, it's been a great path that I've had, but if I could do something in this space of nutrition and health that I, that kind of, you know, resonates with me in a different way, that would be, that would be it, you know?
1: Um,
0: And so I just kind of jumped in and followed my gut that like, this was the right thing for me to get involved in and um, what I was interested in doing. And that if I did that, then I could, you know, I could make something out of it. And that's kind of what I've done with Trash Panda. So when SlyTrunk kind of had the opportunity to, you know, have people bring ideas to the table of products that they thought SlyTrunk should build, I was, I don't know, I think I was, I hadn't finished my certification yet, but I was in it. And I was like, we need to build a product that helps people realize the things that I realized, that vegetable oils aren't healthy, that there's ingredients in food that you need to look out for that have nothing to do with calories or fat or, or those yeah. kinds of things. Um, because if, you know, again, if, if I didn't know this, there's lots of people that didn't know this, but I know that there's lots of people that would be interested in knowing this. And if we could build a digital product that would educate people, then it means that, you know, I was doing the certification to become a nutritionist, which for most people means you become a nutritionist that like takes on individual clients and helps them, you know, eat better. But I was like, if we could build a digital product, that means that like way more people could afford a nutritionist. You know, I feel like so many of the people that are like strongly affected by these kinds of processed foods and, and the lack of education can't afford to see a nutritionist. So let's offer them a digital product. Everybody has a smartphone. Um, let's offer something for free that everybody can have access to that um, you don't need to hire a nutritionist for and and put it out there so that, you know, this information isn't something that, you know, feels like it's only accessible to certain people or that you have to go get certified mm-hmm. in nutrition to figure out, you know?
1: Yeah. When you were getting your um... – As a license? Certification. Yeah. Certification. Mm -hmm. When you were going through that process, this is important for me to understand a little bit more about you. (laughs) Were you
0: pregnant at the time or did you have Levi already? No, I got pregnant during that year. Um, And I ended up giving birth to Levi like a week before I finished my certification. So it was all kind of happening at the same time. Yeah,
1: you were going (laughs) to work. You were focusing on prepping your house and your lifestyle for a newborn, Mm -hmm. all while looking out for your future goals and everybody else's well-being, which is really crazy. And I just wanted to point that out (laughs) because that is ultimate, ultimate. That's so cool.
0: And honestly, I'm just really glad that I kind of snuck it in there right before he was born um, because it was a lot. And once he arrived, like it would have been almost impossible to try to do all of those things. Um, so I kind of felt like the timing was good that I was able to finish it up almost right before he came along. And then I kind of dove into mom life but it yeah. intense, for sure. Yeah.
1: Um, okay. Well, let's, let's get into, you know, the meat and potatoes, if you will. Um, so How would you describe Trash Panda at a very basic level if somebody were to want to know what the app is?
0: Yeah, so it's essentially an app that allows you to scan a food. You can first scan the barcode of that food, and it gives you immediate insight on what the ingredients are in that food and if there are any ingredients that we would consider harmful or potentially harmful or questionable. Um, and the idea is that, again, it's it's not at all about the nutrition facts, which is really about, you know, calories and grams of sugar and um, fat and things like that. It's about what are the ingredients in this food and and what are those ingredients? You know, I think it seems like it would be straightforward, but there's a lot of things in an ingredients list that most people have no idea what they are. So this is giving you the opportunity to... Quickly identify the things that may be something you don't want to eat and give you the information to empower you to make that choice.
1: Yeah. I saw you were posting the other day of um, an ad where it was talking about, you know, the simple ingredients in their new line of ice cream, right? It was, it said like just milk cream and sugar or something Mm -hmm. like that. And you were like, well, that's probably not accurate. It is crazy that the marketing that's put out there – I've even noticed one of my biggest pet peeves on labels, on the fronts of labels, is Mm gluten-free. And it says that on something that's naturally doesn't have gluten in it, but it's Mm -hmm. just a marketing ploy to get people to think that it's – you're like, yes. Or yeah. nuts. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> yeah. what are you talking about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's really kind of sad. So, um, I do agree that there's a little bit more of obviously not, you know, not necessarily, I'm not calling anybody stupid, but mm-hmm. they're consuming the information that's being put in front of them. So there is kind of this gap of lack of information to your point of what's right you know, aside from what a particular company is putting forth of like, you know, brands have started to shift into the simply they've added like, or the word natural in front of it. And it, Mm -hmm. and it just becomes all of a sudden, oh, it's, it's healthy. And you don't have to look at the back or if you do, you're looking at, you know, okay, there's a hundred calories in the serving, there's 10 grams of fat, but that's really kind of it. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, that is really important. And that's something that I'm not at all an expert in, but I do try to at least look. Um, I I took a nutrition class in college as well. And it was my favorite class. It was at seven o'clock in the morning, <laughs> um, which is crazy for a college student. Um, but I really enjoyed it. And like one of like, just the easiest ways that they were teaching us to be more mindful was if you don't know how to pronounce an ingredient, it's probably not for you. Or if there's, you know, a list of 20 ingredients it's probably not the best. Obviously there's, there's certain caveats to that. Um, But just kind of like little tricks and ways that people can just start getting more acquainted. And I think that this is a really great way of putting it physically in their hands of being able to consume and, and, um, become a little bit more knowledgeable.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's so true. And, you know, marketing is sneaky, you know, they're doing this intentionally. They know that people are starting to care more about eating real food, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and Mm -hmm. so they're using these terms to try to make you think that what they're offering is real and, um, yeah, in the example that you mentioned, it was Briar's natural vanilla and it's, it's generally pretty good. Like there's only a handful of ingredients, but you know, on the front, they say milk, cream, and sugar, which is like all you really need for ice cream. Right. But then if you turn over to the back and you read the ingredients, lo and behold, it says natural flavors and some kind of gum I think was in it. And it's just, um, it's frustrating. It's really frustrating as a consumer. I, I, it happens to me still all the time. You know, I find brands that I think I can trust. And then like, I bought the, I buy this salsa that I've been buying for a long time from, um, a brand that I trust. And I turned it over the other day and there's natural flavors in it. And I was like, why would I ever even think to look for natural flavors in salsa? Like it's so flavorful on its own. You know, like I expect that in things that are like protein powder or something that has like a very distinct flavor they're trying to add. But yeah, it is really frustrating. And then even on the ingredients list themselves, they're trying to do that. Like the example of natural flavors, they're trying to say that they're natural and that you don't, don't look too hard. Like it's okay. They're fine. (laughs) You know, they're natural. It's all good. But what does that really mean? You know, and when we dig into it, you know, you realize that that could be hundreds of different chemicals and that they can call it natural because it has to have like originally derived from plant or animal material. But really, it's they're no different than artificial flavors, like they're chemicals derived in a lab added to food to make it more palatable, And you don't really know what's in it. And so I think people have the right to know what's in their food. And they, you know, marketing is cute, but it shouldn't be what really drives your decision. You know, if you're, if you're focused on health, if you care about your health, if you're, if you're trying to do, you know, if you're trying to do well for yourself and your family, you know, there's people that don't care and that's totally fine. Like, you know, this just isn't for you and that, that's totally fine. Everybody gets to make their own choices about, you know, how much they care about this stuff but for the people that care and are trying and then are getting tricked by marketing or getting tricked by ingredients that are labeled in a way to you know make them sound safe when they're not like they should have they should be empowered to get that information and they shouldn't have to go googling it and, and like looking up research studies so that's kind of what trash panda does for you it's just like here it is you know here's the information it has yeah. this this and this in it This is what that really means. And, you know, again, at the end of the day, it's up to the consumer if like, if they're like, okay, I see that this is worth it to me. I'm going to buy those Cheetos, like go for it, you know, but you should, you should at least be entering into that decision with the, the actual information so that you can make an informed decision, you know?
1: Yeah. One of the more startling ones for me recently was, um, taco seasoning Mm. and taco seasoning isn't claiming to be anything that it's not I don't think but that was a little bit of an eye-opener for me of like you flip it over and there's cornstarch and there's maldextrin and like all this stuff in there Mm -hmm. and it really made me sad like that that's just been like a staple for me of like throw it on the meat and you know it it all of a sudden tastes like a delicious taco but Mm -hmm. it is it is um yeah, it's important to for those of us that want to to be mindful, you know, and just like put a little bit more emphasis and more ownership on what it is that you're purchasing and and again kind of just making that more conscious mm-hmm. decision.
0: Yeah, and marketing is always going to follow the latest trend, right? It's always going to be like, "Oh, you want to be gluten-free? Here you go." Yeah. do you want to be keto? These are keto French fries. Like, you know, um, <laughs> here's all the things that like you think you want, follow this latest trend, but the ingredients never lie, you know? And yes. and if you can really get to the understanding of what is in the ingredients, then that isn't going to lead you astray as long as you can decipher what they are. Um, and so I think, you know, with Trash Panda, if you want to be, Vegan, or you want to be vegetarian and you feel like that's best for you, that's great. But there's plenty of ingredients that are being created to fit that market, you know, beyond meat and all that stuff made of soy protein isolate. And, you know, it's not healthier than grass fed beef. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's just Mm -hmm. not. There are other vegan or vegetarian alternatives to burgers that are, you know, veggie patties and things like that. Um, But, you know, we're kind of agnostic of that. Trends will come and go. Diets will come and go. People will choose to follow them. They'll find that they work for them or that they don't. But the ingredients, you know, food should be made out of food. And and I don't think that's ever really going to change.
1: Food should be made out of food. I feel like that should be like a T-shirt or
0: something. Seriously, I would wear that T-shirt.
1: I would too. (laughs) Um, So you have a little bit of like a a rating system within the app of, you know, what the good ingredients are, what's potentially harmful, questionable. I might be butchering it. Maybe you can um, describe.
0: Yeah. So we, we right now are just flagging ingredients as either questionable or harmful. Um, So we kind of leave the good ingredients alone. Um, We don't flag them. You know, I think your best case scenario is if, you scan a food and it has zero questionable and zero harmful, then, you know, that's a, that's a good food. Go for it. Um, and then the kind of distinguishing factor between questionable and harmful is questionable is something that is a food additive or something that you want to be aware of in terms of overall consumption. For example, there's like over 60 different names for sugar on an ingredients label. And six, six, zero, six, zero, six, zero different things that sugar could be parading as on an ingredients label, just to kind of like fool you. Um, and so we flag all of those as questionable because we think you should know, you know, like, so you scan a box of cookies and there's three different names for sugar in those cookies. It's going to have three questionable ingredients. Um, just so that you are aware that that's in there. You know, we think you should know that that's in there and and then be able to make a a choice from there Um, versus harm, like we call them potentially harmful. Those are ingredients that have been linked in scientific studies to harmful outcomes. Um, And that could be anything from allergic reactions to things by certain people. A lot of people have like, for example, MSG is an example where a lot of people get headaches from eating MSG. Um, And, you know, that doesn't mean that every single person that consumes MSG is going to feel a headache or have other negative outcomes. But again, we just want you to be aware that there have been studies that prove that this ingredient um, can cause some amount of harm. So we flag those as potentially harmful. And then we just kind of give you that information in um, a summary for you to make a choice. So we just say you know, there's three harmful, two questionable ingredients. We, we haven't decided yet to give that like an overall score for the food. Um, there's so much that goes into like how you would want to weight those things. Um, so right now we're just focused on flagging them, giving you the total amount, allowing you to kind of see – what those ingredients are and read more about them. And then, you know, the consumer can decide like, is this worth it to me or, or is it not? And do I want to consume these things? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, back on the sugars out of, out of curiosity, because I've always had a hard time deciphering of where best to lean. Mm. Some people are in the camp of it's better just to consume straight sugar. Some people think a couple of alternatives are, are best. Um, what's,
0: what's your stance on that? I mean, I think you do want to be mindful of your overall sugar consumption. Um, and so when we're talking about sugar, things like sugar, honey, coconut sugar, corn syrup, high fructose corn syrup, all of those things, they kind of have a range of like how healthy they are within the category of sugar. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I would say coconut sugar, for example, is healthier for you than high fructose corn syrup. Um, But they're both still sugar at the end of the day. And that's where, you know, we give you that insight into like the actual quality of the ingredient um, when you, when we flag it in the app. Um, so I think just generally limiting how many grams of sugar you're having in a day is important. Um, and then focusing when you are eating those grams of sugar, um, focusing on the ones that are a little bit higher quality. So again, like high fructose corn syrup is not equivalent to maple syrup, for example, or honey, which have some health benefits to them. Um, But I think, you know, when you're talking about a lot of times, like products will offer sugar-free options, right? And then they're just putting sugar alcohols or artificial sweeteners into products, which can actually be more harmful than regular old sugar. Um, And those are things that we flag in the app as well, all the sugar alcohols and the artificial sweeteners, because they cause a lot of people digestive discomfort and um, things like gas and and bloating and stuff like that, that no one really wants. All the good stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's hard because I think people started to be mindful of sugars and they introduced all of these sugar alcohols and artificial sweeteners because then you could say sugar-free, but then that's not really great as well. So I would say if you're choosing between those things, like have a little bit of sugar, you know, and, and be mindful of it. Don't try to substitute sugar with something that tastes like sugar, but isn't. Um, and, you know, introduce a a whole bunch of other problems. Cause again, that's just kind of an artificially manufactured ingredient. Um, whereas sugar, you know, is not great for you, but it, it, it does come from a plant, you know, (laughs) at least there's that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It goes back to the – I mean,
1: it is natural at the end of the day. It's just right. a matter of how much. <laughs>
0: right, right. And I think um, it's hard – I mean, people – I certainly, like, find myself being – I don't know if addicted. That seems like such a strong word. Um, but it, it sugar can be, like, very addicting, you know, and – you know, the more you eat it, the more you want it. And Mm -hmm. uh, that's just our body's biology. That's just how we function because it's a quick source of energy. Like your body wants that. Um, and so it gravitates toward that. And with the foods that are available to us today, it's, it's so easy to overdo it, you know, with those processed foods that are just hyper palatable and it takes a while for you to adjust your taste buds to not be quite so dependent on, high amounts of sugar, you know, it, it takes a while to adjust to like things being less sweet and enjoying those things that are less sweet. And so it's a process. It certainly takes time and it, it's not easy.
1: Yeah. One of my favorite, um, I, I hate to call her an influencer cause she's so much more than that. She's a, she's a registered dietitian and she also does, um, you know, fitness programs on Instagram. Her name's Rachel's good eats. Mm-hmm. um, yeah. One of my favorite things that she does is like a a sugar detox mm-hmm. and it brings a lot of awareness into kind of going back to those labels and looking for the hidden sugars within a product, right? Of things that I guess um in theory we know but don't realize. So like a ketchup bottle or any type of, you know, a teriyaki sauce or something that has a little bit of sweetness but isn't considered a true sweet to us mm-hmm. um so i really enjoyed that there is, i think there's like a 7 day um program that she does which um at the end of it you know you have a whole different outlook you're not craving it anymore
0: mm-hmm.
1: you don't have that you know for me sometimes in the afternoon it sounds really gross cuz i never have soda but like i'll i'll have like a weird craving for something sweet or like even like a soda and i think it's just my body saying that, you know, either my blood sugar is down or something. And so maybe that's my opportunity to grab, you know, an apple or something that satisfies it a little bit without, um, you know, without going overboard or putting something harmful into my body.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I love that you brought up the sugar that's in like ketchup and barbecue sauce and things like that. Like pasta sauce has yes. sugar in it all the time. And it and it, that's where like that's not worth it to me. I don't I don't need sugar in my pasta sauce. Like don't add that to my daily, you know, yeah. sugar quota. Like I'd rather go eat a cookie and know that, you know, that's supposed to be sweet and that I will enjoy that and right. you know, it's a little bit of sugar, but like I think that is part of the problem is that they put sugar in everything now and then your taste buds expect it, you know, and then it just gets, you know, so much harder to step away from it. But mm-hmm. luckily, there are plenty of products now that are making, you know, Primal Kitchen being one of them that makes ketchup without sugar in it and, um, and things like that, so that you can have other options. But to your point, the, the first step, it really is that awareness, you know, like some people wouldn't even know to look for sugar and ketchup. Um, right. And so knowing that that's, you know, out there, and that's a possibility, then you can make other choices once you're aware, but awareness right. is certainly the first step.
1: And by the way, like, Correct me if you think otherwise, but I don't notice a difference. You know, when I swapped my products over, like, um, honestly, it's going to sound like an ad for Primal Kitchen, but like (sighs) I try, I like stock my pantry with all of their products, all of their dressings, because that's where all of the hidden stuff is. Um, Pasta sauce is a huge one. And when I switched, like, I, I don't notice a difference. It doesn't like, you know, it doesn't make the dish noticeably worse. In fact, it probably tastes much better because it's made with like actual quality stuff. So, um, yeah, anyway, that's, that's my rant for, for Primal Kitchen. And um, I agree. You can can let her know that I love her.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I will. Yeah. And they were very first to that space to, you know, offer condiments that didn't have all that junk in it Mm -hmm. that were, you know, they're kind of oil and yep. And, now it seems so obvious, right? It's like, yeah, of course, like all products should be made that way. But um, yeah, it's um, it's crazy to think how many still are not, yeah. unfortunately.
1: I know, I know that the app is still, um, you know, it's not out to the public yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, ahead of that, you know, is there? Oh, well, actually, do, do you have timing for when people can start to expect to be able to use the app?
0: Yeah. So right now, um, anybody can actually sign up to get early access to the app. Um, You're in our first beta round right now. We're doing a private beta, but we're doing a second round um, for our second private beta release. So that'll be happening in the next few weeks. So there's still time to sign up. Um, Basically, just go to trashpandaapp.com. And give us your email address and then that way we can reach out to you and and give you instructions on how to download the app um so anybody can sign up for that and be part of our second round of beta get the app before it is available to the public um so for anyone that's interested certainly do that and then the app should be available in the app store after that second round of beta testing we're estimating sometime in the spring so probably april um, but that's a little bit dependent on if we find things out through our beta testing that we want to change or adjust before we before we take it public. So, if you want the app now, sign up for the beta. Um, otherwise, you can wait until it's available in the app store in April.
1: What I did want to ask though is: are are there sort of like kind of top line categories ahead of having access to the app? Are there are there top line categories that people can Start to focus on, I think we've talked about a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but in your mind, what are the most important like indicators on a label that people should be mindful of?
0: Yeah. Um, I think a big one is vegetable oils. That was really the the thing for me that kind of was the light bulb moment of realizing i I didn't know what was healthy. Um, so especially hydrogenated vegetable oils. Um, anything with the word hydrogenated in front of it, you want to be aware of vegetable oil is the same thing as canola oil or rapeseed oil. Um, and the problem with those is just that they, you know, are, they can be toxic to the body because they're just so high in omega six. So our bodies are supposed to have this balance of omega six fatty acids with omega three fatty acids. And if you think of the omega threes, that's like olive oil and, um, things like that, and, you know, basically canola oil and vegetable oils were created as a super cheap replacement for, you know, higher quality oils like olive oil, Um, and so they put them in everything. They're in basically all packaged foods. It's a government-subsidized crop to grow, um, you know, the canola plant, um, and so because they're in everything, people today are consuming way too much omega-6, um, which can throw off a lot of different um, processes in our body. I don't know that I need to get into the, the details <laughs> of all of that right now. but the bottom line is basically that you know vegetable oils are you know a cheap replacement for better quality oils and you want to avoid them so that your body can, you know, have that nice balance between omega six and omega three. Um, and the, those are just such a big one because they're in so many different things and they're in so many different processed foods. So, um, something to be aware of for sure. Um, the second one, I would say, you know, we talked about sugar, <gasps> uh, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> that's <okay. laughs> um, and all the different names for sugar that are out there. So, um, We have a list on our Instagram, like of all the 60 different names of sugar, we have a blog post about it. So that's certainly a resource if, you know, if you don't have the app, but you want to be aware of those different names for sugar to kind of understand like your overall intake and and know what to look for. Um, That is certainly something to look out for as well. And then I would say like a third thing would be flavors and colors. So we talked about natural flavors kind of being the same as artificial flavors. So natural or artificial flavors, we just say like, and natural flavors are also starting to be in everything. And those are tricky ones because those end up in a lot of like healthy looking foods, things like protein powders or flavored yogurts or granola or things like that, that people are eating because they're trying to be healthy and then natural flavors show up. Um, so I would say to be aware of those, and then colors. Colors are really bad. I mean, those are in really processed foods for the most part. Things like red 40 and blue 5, and um, the the problem with colors and the thing I hate the most about it is that they're typically in foods marketed to kids, and they're you know known to cause neurological behavior problems in children. So things like ADHD and stuff are linked to kids consuming a lot of artificial colorings. Oh, Um, And yeah, I think, you know, kids are are small human beings. So anything in food um, that is, you know, slightly toxic to an adult is going to be even more concerning for a child. Um, So those are super important as well. So I'd say Vegetable oil, sugar, and then flavors and colors are, are some of the top ones.
1: Okay. I meant to ask you this at the beginning, but um, what does what does trash panda mean? Mm.
0: Yeah, this is a fun one. So um, <laughs> <laughs> my coworker, Ben, came up with this. Um, he's kind of the designer and, and creative between the two of us. But um, a trash panda is actually a nickname for a raccoon. Um, and so raccoons, you know, they're meant to eat, they're meant meant to eat foods in the wild. They're meant to eat like nuts and berries and insects and all this nutritious food in the wild. Um, but we know them for eating our trash, um, because that's what's available to them. And so it's kind of, um, a metaphor, if you will, for the way, especially in America, we consume food today. Um, there's processed foods and, and kind of junk that's easily accessible and available. So that's what we eat. Um, When really we should be getting back to eating real food and um, you know, more nourishing food um, than what we currently are.
1: I see. Okay. And that's what the icon is, is the raccoon.
0: The icon is the raccoon. So yeah, trash Panda helps you kind of um, find those trash ingredients Um, And replace them with with more nutritious options.
1: That's so funny. I love that. Yeah. Um, Okay. So I wanted to pivot a little bit. I saved some room for a couple of rapid fire questions, if you don't mind. All right. Um, Basically, I'll just ask a quick question, and without you thinking about it or describing anything, to clarify i guess if you need to clarify you can <laughs> but just say the first thing that comes to your mind all right okay coffee or tea
0: coffee favorite food oh uh anything with bread okay that's yeah. good sourdough bread crunchy or smooth peanut butter Crunchy, but both, really. I mean, I eat both. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, Favorite way to prepare your eggs?
0: Mm, Sunny side up.
1: Okay. Milk or cereal first in the bowl? Cereal? Yes. You're not psycho. (laughs) Does anybody else? Yes. Oh, my God. It was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. Wow. Interesting. Interesting um most underrated condiment
0: mayonnaise huh. mayonnaise is my husband is from Well, his family's belgian and so they eat mayonnaise on everything that we would eat ketchup on and so he's really brought me into the world of mayonnaise on things like french fries and it's it's legit it's really good it's so good yeah I'm hungry now <laughs> <laughs>
1: um a food that Everybody loves
0: that you don't. Hmm. That's a good question. There's not a lot of things I don't like. Um, I'm not really much into like sour candies or like fruity candies. Fruity fruity, like yeah, fruity candy or, or hard candy I've never been into. Just give me the chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. That's
1: good. Um Is a hot dog considered a sandwich? No. 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 Favorite restaurant in San Diego?
0: Oh, good on you.
1: What kind of food is that?
0: It's like a little cafe. It's all organic and they have grass-fed meat and they're over by the beach in Encinitas. They do like sandwiches and salads and breakfast burritos it's delicious. Very,
1: very on brand for you. Yes, of <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Now we'll get into um, actual questions where you can explain. Okay. Um, so this is a section just a little bit more about your habits and getting to know you um, a little bit better. Um, so for you, what are some of your non-negotiables during the week that make you feel like you have you know a well-balanced life
0: um so I always work out in the morning um that's the biggest thing for me I start my day with a workout um and that could be something that's like very chill like it could just be yoga or a walk um it's not always a super intense workout um but I always try to do that sorry (laughs) (laughs) which one is that my dogs are freaking out Um,
1: (laughs) They want to be interviewed too (laughs) (laughs)
0: um so yeah I always start my morning with a workout and that's something that both my husband and I prioritize so one of us gets up with the baby and one of us gets to go work out or sometimes like this morning we got up and all went for a run together um so, yeah, we we both think that that's important to really get our day going and feel our best. That leads into
1: kind of more of a morning routine. Mm-hmm. Where does that land in terms of some other things that you feel like you need to do before your workday starts?
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, it's really just exercise and, you know, that may or may not be combined with walking our dogs. Um, spending some time with Levi and eating a healthy breakfast. Those are kind of the four things that I focus on in the morning. Um, So my husband and I do, we have kind of a routine where we switch off each day. Someone gets up and takes Levi and spends time with him, giving him his breakfast and making our breakfast. We all kind of share a smoothie usually in the morning. So that's easy. We all just make one big smoothie and we share it and, Um, That's kind of our, our healthy start to the day. And then the other person goes and gets their workout in and they have, you know, 30 minutes or so to like get on the spin bike or do some yoga or do something that they want to do. And then um, we trade off. And so the other person goes and works out and the other, and the person who worked out maybe goes and takes the dogs for a walk and spends that time with Levi walking with the dogs and. Um, being outside and, and doing that. And then we kind of get ready for work and and go. So take my smoothie on the go and do a quick getting ready. And my office is literally like a minute and a half down the street. So,
1: <laughs> so nice. I have a really
0: short commute. And right now Philippe's working from home. So it'll be different. I think when he goes back into the office and has like a 30 minute commute to work and we're coordinating all of that. But right now during COVID, it's been kind of nice. Like we have these leisurely mornings to, to spend together as a family and each get, you know, some time to ourselves. So it's been nice.
1: I love that you guys share a smoothie. That's so cute.
0: (laughs) (laughs) one. You know, it trades off who makes it. He likes to make like fruity ones he likes like mango and um coconut and like those kind of flavors and I always make mine chocolate (laughs) like chocolate cherry or strawberry or banana or something so we have our different like smoothie vibes but we all we all share it rounds out yeah that's and Levi loves them he's like very into the smoothies so
1: he's um he's a big into like people food and I I mean that in more the sense of like, you know, he's grabbing for like an avocado and things like that, which is so beyond, I feel like what normal, almost two-year-olds crave and and want. So.
0: Yeah. I mean, we don't really give him another option. (laughs) Um, We we really just try to feed him what we eat for the most part. Um, And, you know, we just kind of approach it like if he doesn't want something or doesn't want to try it we we try to make sure that he always has something that he likes. Avocado's always a win, sweet potatoes are always a win like so for introducing something that we we think he might not like, we just try to add something that we know he will. And if he only eats sweet potatoes during that meal, then that's okay, you know, and we just try to keep introducing stuff and and not to put too much pressure on him if he, he doesn't like something, but also not go the route of, you know, just giving him PB&J or, um, French toast every day, you know, of course we still do those things sometimes, but, um, we try to make sure that he, Mm -hmm. he sees the options of, of what we're eating and, and is interested in those.
1: Yeah. Um, how about a wind down or evening routine for you guys?
0: Yeah. Um, for me, Usually we we get we stop work at around five because that's when you know our nanny leaves and we spend that time with Levi again. we walk the dogs and we um we have dinner together as a family put Levi to bed and he goes to bed around like seven or seven thirty and then for the rest of the evening Philippe and I kind of have time to ourselves so recently I I certainly sometimes get back on work during that time um you know sometimes it's a little bit hard to like cut off the workday at five and and have that family time. So sometimes we'll both, you know, need to do a little bit of work after he goes to bed. But we do try to stop doing that at a point where like we can wind down before going to sleep. Cause we find that if we work all the way until it's time to go to bed, like our minds don't shut off and then we can't sleep and it's just like not a good situation. So to wind down, um, in January I did like a yoga with Adrian challenge and so I kind of enjoyed the routine of right after leave I went to bed, I would do my yoga class. And it, it was just very chill, like not really a workout, more just like mindfulness time and breathing and um, just kind of some quiet time. Um, so I really enjoyed that. I, I need to get back into doing that more. Um, but otherwise, we'll like watch a show together. Sometimes I'll be working on like a puzzle or something like that to try to like... Get away from a screen for two seconds out of the day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those are usually our our moments to just kind of chill out, talk to one another, and um, on like a special night, we'll put Levi to bed and then eat dinner just the two of us, which is kind of nice. So, but those that'll usually mm-hmm. be on like a Saturday or something like that
1: special occasion <laughs>
0: <laughs> to actually eat dinner in peace without someone, you know, having to get up for more food or water or something every two minutes
1: oh man little luxuries during mm-hmm. parenthood totally <clears throat> um so i always save the best for last um and i'll preface with i like to ask this question because i think it's really important to break down the term success um because I think it's so variable to each individual person. And I and I want to kind of honor that rather than kind of leading with, to be successful, you must have a certain job. And I, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so, So for you, what does that term ultimately mean? Success.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it means that you are doing something that you love. I don't think success is really a point that you reach in the way that we feel like it is. Um, I think if you're being successful, you're always working toward something, you know, and you um, have something that you're interested in or you're passionate about um, that you are doing. And that doesn't necessarily mean your day job. Um, And, you know, in the case of when I did my nutrition program, I was following that passion that I had, Um, because I thought that it could lead to, you know, successfully joining that interest with my job. Um, and I was lucky enough to have the opportunity with Sly trunk to, to do that in a really unique way that, you know, other people may not have. Um, but for me, I think it's just, Doing something that you love or working toward figuring out what you love in the first place. You know, it took me a long time to have that light bulb moment of like, this is what I need to be doing. This is what really lights me on fire. This is what I care about. And so I think that there is a process of figuring that out. um, And that all kind of plays into success. If you, if you're looking for that, or if you're moving toward that in some way, um, And I think for me, part of that and part of what I was kind of looking for and and what I wanted to do and and what I really cared about is that, um, you know, especially now being a mom, it's really important for me to do something that I'm proud of and that I can show my son, you know, I'm doing this because I love it and because I care about it. But I'm also doing it because I think it's really important. And I think it's going to make the world a better place. And and not that everybody needs to make the world a better place. But I think for me, that was important. Um, and that's something that makes me want to get up every day and, and do what I do. And it makes me so excited about the opportunity that I have with Trash Panda is, you know, I think it could make a positive impact on a lot of people. And that, that feels really rewarding. And so when I think about success and when I think about, you know, what I want to accomplish and it's really accomplishing that feeling that, um, that I'm making a difference and that I feel the reward for that, not necessarily monetarily. And if we, you know, never see monetary success with this thing, I'm not sure it's really going to matter, um, because it feels good and it feels right. So finding that feeling of, um, of what drives you, I think is, is what success means to me. I love that. It's a journey, right? Exactly. You're never done. (laughs) (laughs) Truly. (laughs)
1: Um, Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. It was really fun to Talk to you a bit more, and I learned actually quite a bit. Um, so very, very educational for myself as well. Um, before we wrap up, if you can just tell everybody, I'll also put in show notes um, mm-hmm. for people. But if you could just tell everyone where we can find you, social, website, etc.
0: Yeah, so you know, our website is probably the best place to find us. Um, trashpandaapp.com. Um, and then we're also on Instagram at Panda underscore app. Um, so I would say those are the two best places. And, um, you know, I have some help managing that social media account um, with two other people that are working on it with me. But I'm there. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, you know, if you reach out on that account, I'll be the one probably responding to you and um, and chatting with you there. So. Um, either of those is a great outlet to find me. Awesome. Thank you. Cool. Thank you so much. This was really fun.
1: All right. That's it for today. Don't forget to follow along for more on Instagram at you might be a badass podcast and let me know your thoughts about today's show and I'll see you again. Same time, same place next week.